0: Okay, episode 20, 2-0. I'm super pumped about this one. I've got Pete Maldonado from Chomps. I've got Ralph Cartwright from Hawk Media. You know how we do it. We get right into the show. This is going to be a great one. I know it. So here we go. Pete, let's talk Chomps. Let's do it when did you start chomps and who did you start it with what was the story that got it off the ground
1: yeah so started in 2012 um and it started with Rashid, who you know my our co-founder um it's actually funny so so the the chomps background is real real quick was uh it started out almost like an omaha steaks for uh with grass-fed beef we realized very quickly we did not want to be shipping grass-fed beef around the country. So very quickly pivoted to what Chomps is up today with a shelf-stable product. Um, and we started it with direct-to-consumer. So for the first four years of uh, of our business, we were only direct-to-consumer. We were on and, and Amazon, so if you want to consider that, I mean, e-commerce. And um, and uh, up until 2016. So yeah, for the first four years, up until the time we launched that Trader Joe's, which is our first big retail account. And uh, from there, we've kind of, springboard into a bunch of other new accounts and channels
0: okay we're talking jerky uh or we're talking what i would consider be in your form a stick was it always a stick and do you differentiate that from the term i used which is jerky
1: yes yeah so um so i mean well usda is going to give you a technical term they're called snack sticks uh but the big the key differentiator between jerky and sticks is that Jerky is going to be made with whole muscle. Uh, sticks are going to be made almost like sausages. So it's a, with ground beef, if you're using beef. Ground beef, and it's, it's uh, actually into a, a casing. And then like sausages would, would be. Um, and then, uh, so that's, that's a big differentiator. But from a, a nutritional perspective, it's, we've got a lot more fat. Uh, so we use an 85-15 blend, uh, 85% lean, 15% fat blend. And uh, if you look at it, a jerky is going to be a lot leaner than that.
0: Take us back to 2012. Somebody's watching this and they're going, wow, this guy's going to get into the, into the meat stick game. Uh, where do you start? How do you find a co-packer? Uh, what does that look like?
1: So that's actually the big, the big difficulty for us. It was finding the co-packer. And you know, you know this. I mean, finding a co-packer when you're, you're very small and you're starting out is very difficult. Um, especially when you're dealing with snack sticks. So there's a lot of jerky manufacturers. There's not many that can actually do snack sticks, which we found that out and we kind of learned that the hard way. Um, and so we ended up starting as small as you possibly can get. I mean, we found this. Uh, and by the way, we spoke to a lot of the bigger guys. They were making the Slim Jims, all the, you know, all the bigger brands that you know of, and um, they wouldn't even touch us, you know? Um, so, you know, we, we ended up finding the, the co-packer that we still use today. But when when we found him, it was a little corner store in the middle of Greentop, Missouri, which is like farm town. I mean, if you're driving down the road and you blink, you might miss it. Um, and uh, so it was a little a little corner store in the back. And there was a deli section in the back. And he had a little cookhouse where he was make with one. He fit one rack, um, which means it's a, a small oven. And he was making, uh, making his sticks and he was selling them at grocery stores around town. And um, so, yeah, we we started with him. I mean, it was just as small as you can get. We made some really small runs and kept working with them. Um, our business exploded. His business exploded. Meat snacks in general exploded. He's got a massive facility now. I mean, it's I, I've got to say it's probably over a hundred thousand square feet. That little corner store finally disappeared last year, and they built over it. And they're pumping out millions of pounds of uh, of snack sticks. They, they specialize in just snack sticks, and then. They just, last year, they just acquired another facility in Illinois. So,
0: If you're watching this and we're talking about co-packers, you really should be listening to that because there's an element here, and I hope you don't mind if I say it. it not only was it difficult to find the co-packer, but in your particular instance, you found somebody who was so small mm. that you were able to get what you needed done, but they had the fortitude also to grow. So they didn't stay in that zone. And so they were building while you were building. And in this particular case, it sounds like not only were you able to create something successful out of it, but they were too.
1: That's absolutely. That's exactly. That's, that's exactly. So when you're dealing with a smaller co-packer, you can very quickly hit a ceiling in terms of operations and, the, and, and production capacity. Um, that's, uh, and yeah, we got very lucky that his goal to build his business aligned with ours. Um, and then we were able to get to the point where we are now where, you know, at the ceiling still isn't there, right, because they just continue expanding and and increasing capacity, Um, so it allows us to grow very, very quickly.
0: Give us money. Let's talk money for a quick second. We might even circle back to it. 2012 to, let's say, 2016, it sounds like you could get or stay lean because it's you it probably and Rashid, you're driving direct to consumer. So there's a lot of cost saving measures there. Maybe you're building in the profitability. Um, what does that look like? Are you tossing in your own money? If so, how much? How much do you think you ran through during those first four years?
1: Yeah, so we both, we both kicked in $3,250 a piece. That That's first, awesome. First production run. I learned how to build a website myself. I learned how to use Photoshop to make the first round of packaging myself. Um, yeah, and we both worked, I was in real estate still, so I was doing real estate uh, deals on the side to to pay bills. Um, didn't have kids yet, so that helped. Uh, and then uh, Rashid, um Rashid was still working his operations job. He's an operations consultant, uh, so he was already, so he was kind of traveling around the, the world actually working on uh, various projects. And he worked with me on nights and uh, nights and weekends, and so that was it. So we were just kind of just the two man show, and it was, it was a side gig for both of us. I went in full time um, earlier than he did. It was probably like twenty. It was right after the Trader Joe's launch in August of 2016, and um, so yeah, it was it was all in from there. I haven't done real estate since, uh, and he joined full time in January of 2018. And that's when we got the office in Chicago. We had no office before that. Uh, And then we started hiring people.
0: That is an amazing story. So let's uh, rewind that, folks. We're talking under $10,000, got a business started. We'll get to where they're at now, because I think I have that number, and it's a gigantic one. But you got a couple people, uh, you you used the term, it was kind of a a side gig. Um, you pointed behind, you know, he's not in the Bahamas. He's in uh, Naples, Florida, everybody. Um, and, uh, and as far as his partner, Rashid, he was a consultant. And then he came over to the business really just a couple years ago, full time. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to frame this again, because that's amazing, because I know where you're at now. Um, 2016 Trader Joe's. Shout out, Trader Joe's. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> What did that look like? How did you get that done
1: so so it, I, it was a it was a situation where I think they were looking for a product line a uh, product like ours for um, um, i think they, they, were, they were bringing in some whole thirty approved products uh, shout out to whole 30 as well um, but, but yeah they um, uh, that was really what happened so they the, they reached out to us and um, and we were able to make the make it work um, so for us we uh from a capital standpoint, that was where we needed some help. Um, their their initial POs were, were about you know about what we did the previous year in revenue. So we um, we had to really step up and figure out you know the cash flow. We had we had cash, but it just wasn't enough to to cover everything. And we we um, we weren't going to go and and sell equity in the company. Um, so we went to our friends and family, and it was a bunch of our closest buddies, and we decided. Uh, we decided on Friday that we needed to go raise this money. And by Monday, we had all of it that we needed. Uh, so we raised, it was over a million bucks that we, uh, we raised uh, within three days. And um, the small tra- tranches, it was you know, between like 50 to 200K uh, per investor. And uh, the way we did that was actually a, we just did a, a higher interest rate. We just did a simple interest rate and we had, you got a six month term. And said, if we pay it back before, then great. If we take the six months, and that's also great. You got a twenty percent annualized return. We ended up paying it back in like sixty days, and um, and uh, that was that. So we 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 did uh, a couple rounds like that, and we were already back. We were on our feet and um, and self funded. So that's that's amazing. uh, So
0: so, but you are telling me so these weren't necessarily equity rounds um, in terms of having to give up equity. They were really more like notes. Uh, that you had on the books because my assumption is you saw where Trader Joe's was in terms of POs and then potentially out the gate you saw some velocities happening and realized we've got enough profitability in there just to pay these off um is that basically the framework
1: yeah i mean so if you you got to understand like when you're working with a with a uh, retailer like like Trader Joe's profitability isn't uh, i mean it's not a ton of profit just to put that i mean it's yep. you're you're operating off, off thin margins so um, you have to be really tight with things. Luckily, you know, for us, we our overhead was was low enough where we were able to do to do the things that we needed to do to continue building that. Right. So, um, uh, but I'll just just to throw that out there. So, but but you know, the thing about the Trader Joe's opportunity is that now there was millions of people that had never tried our product before, that have tried the product, liked it. They're gonna come back and they're buying it again. And then now as we're kind of expanding into other channels and, and retailers, then uh, that's how you're able to really build a business. So.
0: There's also the piece that um, anybody who's watching this should recognize is when you're in a retailer like that, especially one with multiple doors, your e-commerce business uh, gets a, a boost as well. Um, and so that's, that's, you know, that's a big piece. I do know that you have a, a big e-commerce business. Again, it's how you started, but we could talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, let's jump forward a little bit. Let's get into 2018. Rashid's on, right? Um, I think you're probably still better looking than him, but Rashid, 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 don't because he's much better. He's much better looking than me. So don't worry about that. I I tell him about that hair. I can't even take this hat off. (laughs) Um, So uh, let's get into 2018. Are you, are you cruising then? What, other give me like two or three maybe more retailers that you had, had gotten into maybe even add an e play by then um yes. you're even, you know as thrive started then like give me a little bit of, a little bit of, of angle there
1: yeah so yes. no thrive hadn't started yet it was um fresh time right hmm. in, uh, in, in, uh, show um say that again because you cut off yeah. say, that, say that again because you cut off fresh time and then yeah, yeah. natural grocers. Um, and then, and then we had, what was next? <laughs> I think Walmart may have been next and that we were in this healthy lifestyle set. Um, and so, yeah, those are the, those are like the next, the the ones to follow. Um, e-commerce again was, was st- it, it still is. It's really our bread and butter. Um, you know, it makes up a third of our revenue on any given year. Um, absent a, a global pandemic when they're, you know, through COVID, I mean, it makes up a, a much larger percent, percentage of our overall revenue though.
0: Uh, that's a, a great point. Again, it, for those that are, are looking at how they should divide up the business, e has to be a play, uh, not just because of what we dealt with, with COVID. I think that's pushing us into driving it harder or focusing more, but um, e-commerce really should be 25, 30. Shoot. If you could get it to 50%, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to move us up another another notch. Basically, kind of get us present day. It's 2020. Let's talk pre-COVID. Maybe 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 Q4 2019, January 2020. What does the business look like? I mean, where 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 is the bulk of the business? Give us your three or four top uh, uh, products that are selling. Um, what, what is you know what's the focus?
1: Yeah. So um, uh, I think we were finding that our uh, 10 counts, uh, we we kind of re- reduced the size. So we had we had a trial trial pack, and then we had a 24 count. Um, it was kind of a big jump, right? You're going up from from you know whatever it's like 15 bucks up to uh, 49 bucks, you know. So we found a middle ground there. It was like it's for 10 for uh, 10 sticks for 22.50, and that was a, we found that that was a, a good sweet spot and the entry an entry product and entry price point for a lot of new, cu- new customers. So we found that, especially on e comm that, that really worked well for us. Um, and, uh, still, you know, our, our bread and butter again, and our top sellers, always been, it's always been our original beef. Um, then we have our jalapeno beef is quickly, you know, right behind that. And then the original Turkey took off and that's doing really well. Um, I think there's a lot of people maybe that are trying to limit their amount of red, red meat they're eating, or maybe they're looking for, um, lower fewer calories or whatever it may be um but uh that one's doing really well as well
0: great comment about that because i want to switch into just the idea of where things are shifting as far as meat versus plant meats and 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 like you're saying is you don't need to go there but as far as even like a turkey option right for me i mean um i eat both uh, again i'm telling you I, i i eat the chomps i eat them (laughs) <laughs> um and and um i um i think you do too we'll talk about your bench press in a second um but you're a you're a protein eater right you're you're like me you probably eat balanced meals and snacks and things like that your protein carbohydrates um fats right good fats um did did you uh go into like the turkey option because of a personal choice or because you also need to be in front of where things are shifting
1: it was both, you know, I think it's um, it, for, for one, I mean, you want to have options and, and it was, we wanted a poultry, we actually attempted to do chicken. It did not work well um, from a quality perspective and, and shelf life. So we ended up going shifting back and it just went, we did Turkey. Um, we have a venison as well, by the way, we throw that out there. That's a, it's really good. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we like to just have some variation and, and, and again, it's a, it's a different product. And I think from a nu- nutritional standpoint as well, if you're looking for less calories, a little bit less fat, Um, I think most people right nowadays are are on the keto bandwagon for the most part, I feel. So, uh, fat's not an issue for the most part, but, um, a lot of people just prefer turkey though. Um, and then the other thing we launched recently was our little half ounce sticks. So the little chomplings, um, and we do those in original beef, um, Italian beef, and we do them in original Turkey as well. So you, you have, as far as a skew mix,
0: is it, is it a minimal skew mix when you look at the business? I mean, what are we talking about? Is there under 10 skews?
1: It's eight flavors and they come in various. So, and then so you have 11 different stick sizes, right? If you're looking at them um, and uh, no two stick sizes, but 11 different like individual skews and then there's pack sizes from there. So, I mean, we keep it lean and mean. I mean, that's just the way we, we always do it. And it's about, it's about driving um, volume, and that's how you, uh, you get scale on, on those individual SKUs, and that's how you're able to drive efficiencies and profitability. I
0: love this, man. Um, I heard a number recently. You, could, you can say yes, no, maybe so, shake it off, do a little umpire, you know, strike, not strike, ball, whatever you got to do here. I'm here in 40 mil. Are you guys doing 40 mil in revenue
1: um yeah you know what? that's about about. we I I will say what I will say is that um uh projections pre-covid were north of that um and um and uh you know I think probably today's uh today's world it's probably in in that range I would think I I, I actually haven't really even uh looked at it but as far as like a run rate perspective but it's um It's good you know, we, we usually try to, we try to double year over year just about. And so this year, you know, last year we landed just south of 35. And so this year was um, it was just about doubling that. That's
0: amazing, man. I'm really, really happy for you. Um, And um, I, people, I I don't, I don't know Pete other than just a couple conversations previous. So you should know that Um, I know Rashid, Um, uh, through a couple conversations and like he's offered um, like advice. Um, There are great people out there in this uh, CPG universe and you should connect with them. Um, You know, there's good vibes to be had. Sure, there's going to be some that maybe, uh, you know, uh, that that you avoid or not avoid or they avoid you. But the reality is there's some really great people. Um, And there are stories like this that you can get a lot of information and knowledge from um, there are hurdles that I'm certain they have gone through um, that you might be able to jump over quicker um, because you know this is not a straight- line business as I often say um, and so Pete uh, on a serious note I'm really uh, happy for you guys uh, because it's an amazing product and
1: uh, and you know I hope that you guys continue to succeed I appreciate that man. I love your stuff too, by the way, that, that Korean barbecue bomb.
0: <laughs> that was a paid advertisement folks. Uh, last question, Pete, what's your bench looking like these days?
1: Bench isn't that good. I have bad shoulders now, man. I mean, I've been. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm 38. I'm dad. I'm a dad now. So I actually just actually I did chest today. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to write home about at all.
0: I, I don't um, talk about it either, man. And yes, <laughs> I, I, hit, I when I hit 40, I hit 40 uh, this year and then, um, and with the kids, it's, 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 I call it light and polite is my, my, um, all right. Uh, Ralph Cartwright, Hawk media. I think you do everything as far as marketing goes, uh, helping brands get their stuff together. Give us a little info on the company, what you
2: do and who you do it for. Happy to thanks for the intro there, Mark. So Hawk media is a full service digital marketing consultancy. Offices in LA, New York, and Boston now, been around for six years, had the luxury of working with brands like Chomps uh, and Pete's uh, back in, in the early days. But essentially, we offer a wide selection of digital marketing channels, all available on a month-to-month basis. So as Pete mentioned there, you know, you're you're a startup, you're a lean, mean business, you need you know to execute on all these different digital channels, but you know, you don't want to hire a long-term retainer, you don't want to recruit all these people to do all these different things and have really high overhead. So Hawk kind of fits in that, in that niche right there. We offer, you know, your Facebook, Google, email, content, you know, affiliate, influencer, SEO, all on a month-to-month basis. And, you know, what you get with someone like Hawk is, you know, the insight of working with all these amazing startups and CPG and CBD and, you know, athleisure and luxury apparel. You get that insight of how those brands have got there there's best practices, how to avoid those pitfalls, when to scale, when to change creative, when to integrate other channels. So we swim in a really exciting space, work with a lot of great people and um, yeah, we've helped a lot of brands over the last six years. I like that. Um, that is awesome. So
0: uh, I'm gonna put your info there. Pete's info is probably gonna be down there. Maybe you, you, you hit him up, who knows. Uh, I appreciate having both of you guys on uh, and I'll be talking to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Thanks, guys.